The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and general shenanigans. I want you to know that even though this is a non-visual format, I definitely did head gestures throughout that entire thing. So did I. Hey, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I went one way, then I went one way, and then I went all the way back, and then I went forward. <laughs> it was good fun. We're making our own amusement in this time. Somebody's got to do something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is April 26th, and it is our 118th podcast. <laughs> that is, like, I mean... I feel like we're getting into imaginary numbers for our podcast now. Like, how? How have we done 118? We're doing 118 during the coronavirus pandemic when literally, literally, this is going to be the first podcast and I think three or four where we have had actual hockey topics. Yes. Yes, we have an actual hockey topic. We have two whole hockey topics. I mean, this is what you're here for, guys. Right here at the drop. I'm not going to bring up anything until we talk about hockey. (laughs) (laughs) I'll believe it when I see it. (laughs) Number one, actual hockey things. (laughs) I wanted to get us kicked off with a reader question. Uh, Thank you to Driving Girl, who also sent like a really, really sweet tweet to us about how much she appreciates us continuing to do the podcast and just... Like, listening to us bullshit about our lives while there is no hockey. So we just want to say we love you very much, too. I'm making the little heart thing with your hands. I am also making the little heart thing this whole time. (laughs) Oh, I love you. That's so sweet. It was very sweet, and it made my day to read it the other day. But she has a for real question for us. All right, you want me to read it, or do you want to read it? Go for it. Driving Girl asks, the NHL considered a truncated playoff series in June during a global pandemic. Colon, dumb idea or dumbest idea? I think there have been dumber ideas. Um, I mean, swallowing bleach is a pretty dumb idea. (laughs) Wait, shit, that's not a hockey topic. Fuck! You got out the question, at least. You got out the question. I Um, got the question out. Get letting Tony D'Angelo take over your professional Twitter account is also yeah. one of the dumbest ideas a hockey team has had in a very long time. Absolutely. Um, also, when they were considering, oh, everything is locking down, but maybe we should just play games anyway. That was pretty dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, I think actually a truncated playoff series is the way to go. Asterisk. <laughs> Assuming we can have a playoff series. Like, I just don't think there's any way one can do a seven-game series anymore um, without severely potentially impacting the next season. Um, I, I... I don't think it's the dumbest idea. I think it's a dumb idea. I think that it would be better to just call this season a wash. I agree. I agree. And I kind of... But I can understand the reluctance to do so since uh, so much is riding on the outcome of the playoff series. Mm-hmm. And that kind of brings me to our point B here, which is in addition to talking about this, so they've had some like GM meetings, conference calls, etc. 
recently where this idea came about where fucking Las Vegas. Did you see the the mayor's like conference of Las Vegas, like the press conference from the mayor of Las Vegas? Or I think she I might saw have... I saw clips of it. Yeah, I I've never watched a whole thing of anything during this lockdown. It's been too annoying. No, I mean, yeah. But basically, she was saying, well, we'll just be the, the guinea pig for the whole country, and we'll just open right the fuck back up. <laughs> I mean, she has been right on the dragged. one hand, on the one hand, I, I, I get it, because their sole industry is tourism. Yes. Like, I, I understand why she feels the need to do this. Do I think that it's a good idea? Obviously not. And... Basically making the blanket decision that your city is going to be a guinea pig when, like, y'all haven't checked with the rest of your citizens that that's a great idea. Right. Uh, seems to me to be really fucking... I mean, I know that there are those people out there that would happily risk their fucking lives just to... Get their haircut. You know, get their haircut. Well, and I mean, I don't want to downplay the economic tragedies that are being played out on a global scale at this point in time. Like, mm-hmm. I understand that people are losing everything mm-hmm. because of this. But is opening back up before we should the way to solve that? No. So, like, don't do it. <laughs> like, How I about mean, we build one less fighter jet? And pump yeah. more money into the people. I know. <laughs> I, I know. The, the idea that, like, they basically sent everybody a $1,200 check, and not even everybody has gotten their $1,200 check, and then called it good, like, that's it's... obviously stupid. And the idea that they used their small business, like, thing to bail out fucking Ruth's Chris Steakhouse is also stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't, like, I don't, I don't get any of it. And, I mean, you know what my job is, and I don't really like to advertise where I work because there are weirdos on the internet that might try to find me, mm-hmm. but um, the job that I have, I talk to a lot of small business owners, and um, the small business owners that I, like, the, these are people that are, like, literally one, one employee establishments, mm-hmm. and... I've talked to so many over this time period that are actually having to like literally close their doors because they cannot survive this. They don't, they didn't plan for it. They didn't have the nest egg for it. You know, mm-hmm. they're living job to job, you know, and that kind of thing. And it's just kind of, this is devastating for them. And, um, the idea that I, I don't think I've talked to a single one of them that's been like, you know, Hey, let's make sure that everybody gets exposed to this so that you know some of them may die but at least i'll survive my business will survive you know what i mean like yeah i don't know and that's anecdotal obviously i haven't taken a scientific survey either but like let's cool it is all i'm saying yeah it's (sighs) it's bad but i bring that up specifically because they were considering at first they had considered like alaska and north dakota and stuff like that and now they're but apparently now they're considering las vegas and i suspect it's because Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, um, the mayor is extremely excited to get back to normal. Um, but regardless of what happens with the playoffs, the other major event that happens in June is the draft. Mm-hmm. And so one of the proposals that came up at these recent conference calls was to do the draft before the playoffs. Which I don't really understand. 
like, I don't really understand, like, the driving idea behind that. If it's so important to have the playoffs before we have the draft. I, I think, well, so I think what their their concern is the European players, since all the European leagues tend to start before the Ameri- before the NHL starts, uh-huh. to have a good sense of who your team has from Europe. So that way if oh. you can bring them over, you know, for the CEHL well, or, I mean, or AHL or whatever you end up doing with your European players. We all knew there'd have to be a draft anyway. So like, why not have the, have the draft? Well... Because you don't know what order you go in. I know, but obviously they should just go by where they were at the end of the regular season. So is already over. By that logic, hang on. Oh my god, my computer hates me. It's so angry. I just please hang on through this pandemic. Just please hang on. <laughs> are you, are you trying to look at the standings? Yeah. I'm, it's okay. I've got it. It's just my computer is like, anytime I open any web page, it's very much like, Ooh, that's work. Ooh, I don't know about that. Ooh. So that would put Boston at the top. Yeah. That would mean basically Boston would be your default Stanley Cup winner. Uh, I'm, I am not <coughs> awarding them a Stanley Cup. Nobody won the Stanley Cup. We didn't fucking play the playoffs. But I'm fine with giving, like... Would we have to do on points percentage, then? Because not everybody had the same number of games? Yeah, probably. Because you've got some people with 69 games. Hashtag nice. And then... Holy shit. Dallas was 10th. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you remember? Like, I bear- Number one, I don't remember hockey. It's a game. It's I a assume game. it's played. Um, It's on yeah. ice. We were 10th with a plus three goal differential. We were 10th with a plus three goal differential and we just lost our last three. I know! <laughs> How did this happen? Okay. Sorry. Because oh, I was looking man. at Carolina, who's 11th with 68 games played and a plus 29. <laughs> like, God. How? How did we have more points than Carolina? Everybody on this list fucking hates us. That's what there's, it is. Like, no everybody's looking at Dallas going like, what the? fuck how <laughs> you guys are gross yeah i mean i i i agree i kind of hate us too so <laughs> oh god know. did you see pat's tweet the other day pat iverson uh i don't I'm probably not okay it was very good he's just like talking about he's in a store and cashier's like oh are you a dallas stars fan and he's like huh and he looks down at his shirt and he's like oh yeah <laughs> and she's like that was a long pause. And he goes, well, sometimes I'm not. (laughs) Hashtag relatable. Exactly. It's the truest, the truest feeling of being a Dallas Stars fan. I mean, honestly, it's probably the truest feeling of being a sports fan in general. Everybody's got those swings. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I know that my hockey friend at work still has a bunch of Red Wings, you know, material. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he wasn't really proud wearing it this past year. So are you, so would then you be comfortable? I mean, then Detroit would win, right? Like the. But uh, I, I mean, they worked so hard for it. Why they, not? they worked so hard for it. They worked really, really hard for that. Officially um, I mean, ending the season with fewer wins than the Boston Pride. Uh, yeah, they, they, 
congrats to them. They they that was a valiant valiant effort on their parts. Can um, you believe? Okay. Also, fun fact: Can you believe that they only had a one loss streak going into the pause of the season? Did they really? Yeah. Fucking Los Angeles had won their last seven games and we're still 28th. <laughs> wow. <laughs> LA is pissed. They were on such a run. <laughs> I mean, it kind of brings a lot of joy to my heart that LA was pissed, though. Like, that's beautiful. I know. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm personally fine with it because... I do not think that we should have a playoffs. I think that it would be a poor choice to have a playoffs because I don't think that it is medically advisable <laughs> anytime soon. Um, so, yeah, I'm fine with us not having a playoffs and basing it on a point percentage from the end of the season. Yeah, I think that's the way you've got to go, right? Like, yeah. And obviously yeah. you've got your all your trades and your picks and you can still do the whole – draft up and down and frankly i would fucking love a remote nhl draft did you see any of the pictures coming out of the nfl draft no so obviously the nfl draft was remote because they just did theirs and you know fortunately they didn't have the same issue where they didn't know when their season was going to end so you know they had the order set sure but some of the pictures were so choice like there's actually a picture i'm not and Number one, I'm not a football fan, and if I was, I'd be a Chiefs fan. But uh, there's an excellent, excellent picture of Bill Belichick's draft setup where it's literally just like, I guess he had walked away or something like that, and the camera was rolling, and his dog hopped up in his chair. Oh, my God. (laughs) So it looks like the dog is the one drafting for the Patriots. Anyway, yeah, 12 out of 10. I love that. Would draft again. I love that. Um, yeah, so I would really love, I, I think a remote draft would be super fun. Um, I, I would love some of the memes that would come out of that. Because hockey Twitter, like, maybe it's just because I'm in it and opposed to, like, baseball Twitter or NFL Twitter or something like that. I feel like, and maybe it's just because I've done a very good job curating my feed. I feel like hockey Twitter is a little bit more creative than a lot of the other Twitters. <laughs> I mean, I don't follow any of the other Twitters, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I don't know. But they get creative, and I would be very excited about see what will come out of a remote draft. Yeah. I mean, oh, I just man. don't think there's any other safe way to do it. That was like a whole 15 minutes of talking about hockey. I would high-five you if we were within six feet of each other. I know. Uh, that feels like enough talking about hockey, though, right? I'm like, done. Good. Absolutely, I'm done. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, how many times are we going to say the same thing over and over again? We've said it. Thank you for the questions. Thank you, driving girl. Thank you. Uh, So, moving on to our new segment, This Week in Quarantine. Okay, so I have become irrationally obsessed with a new show. Oh. Uh, Have you ever heard of or seen either the book Outlander or its series of television? I am aware of its existence. I have never watched any of it. Okay, so when I was in high school and also in college, I read the first four books of the series that is now, I think, eight or nine books long, Mm -hmm. um, because that's what was out at the time when I was in high school and college that I read everything that was available to me. And then when the next one came out, I was like, oh, I'll read that. But I feel like I should reread the first four because that's what I do. I don't remember books. Mm -hmm. I have to reread them. 
um, because my memory is shit. And so I was like, oh, I'll get to rereading them. But like, each one is 800 or 900 pages long. Like they're. Oh my God. They're substantial fucking books. I do not want to downplay the weight of these tomes in any way. Like they're very substantial books. So I uh, have never reread them. I've only read each, like read each of the first four one time. And so I remembered one thing that happened in the first series season and I, I knew going in that I was like, okay, you've got to just like power past this part because you're going to hate it. But like, you know, good stuff's going to happen on the other side. Uh, anyway, so I have been watching the the series because it's now on the first three seasons are now on Netflix. It had been on Stars, mm-hmm. um, And holy Christ, I love this show so much. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm now... All the way through the second season, I just have the last episode to watch, which if you guys are fans of, of this show, you know is going to be emotionally devastating for all involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so do you know anything about like the storyline at all? Do you want me to describe briefly describe the storyline? I know a little bit like it's about a woman who like goes back in time. Yes. So she. That's the uh, extent of my knowledge. Okay. So she, yeah. So she had been very quickly. She had been a combat nurse in the Second World War. She was married, pre, like, as the war was beginning, to a man named Frank. And then the war happened, and he was in British intelligence, I think, and she was a combat nurse. And so they were not they were not stationed anywhere near each other. Right. Um, so then after the war, they were going on kind of like a little honeymoon to Inverness in Scotland because he wanted to look up, inf- like, local information about this ancestor that he had from back in the 1700s who had died... Um, in the Battle of Culloden, which was the end of the Jacobite Uprising of 1745. I remember that. Um, we learned about that when we were actually in Inverness. Hey, cool. So, um, yeah, but his, he, they're British, and his ancestor was on the British side, not the Scottish side. Oh. Yes. And so they go out to this, like, standing stone circle outside of Inverness, and, like, there's this, like, it's... Um, Halloween and what they call Samhain, which is spelled Samhain, but apparently is not how you pronounce it in Gaelic. Yeah, um, I knew that. Yeah. I, Again, I I would be Wiccan if I had, had to never pick a religion. Seen it. <laughs> I had never seen it. I mean, I'd never heard it pronounced before yeah. I watched the show. So I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense. That's cool. Um, yeah. So anyway. Um, but long story short, she ends up traveling through the stones to 1743. I believe. Mm. And gets kind of picked up by the Scottish like raiding party and then you know carried off to their little you know yeah. fortress of high, high you know Highlanders Highland and Fortress. Highland Fortress and ends up through various circumstances having to marry one of them, who is this young strapping lad <laughs> named Jamie Fraser and R.I.P. That man is so precious and I love him. <laughs> and Claire is like beautiful and lovely and I fucking love her too. And I'm very jealous, by the way, that her name is Claire because I have to hear what my sister's name sounds like said with a Scottish brogue every single episode. And I'm like, man, why couldn't it have been my first name instead? That's so rude. Um. So yeah, uh, it's great. And because of this show... I have started researching more about my uh, Scottish clan, the Gordons, and I found out that we are um, a Highland clan. I did not actually know what region of Scotland we were from for a very Mm -hmm. long time. 
And that <clears throat> we supported William Wallace and then Robert the Bruce in supporting Scottish independence. And then when that failed, uh, we actually did fight on the side of the Jacobites in the uprisings, all three of them. And um, though we like a lot, apparently a lot of Highland clans did this, they would be publicly like either neutral or in support of the British king. Mm-hmm. But then they would send, like, their younger sons or, you know, like, their heirs and stuff to go fight on the side of the Jacobites so they could cover both bases. And they could be like, <laughs> we supported the uprising if the uprising won. And then, like, we remained loyal if the British won. Yeah. So, I mean, the Gordons did that, too. Like, there's no pride in that. But whatever. <laughs> um, it's fine. But I've also I've also started to. This is so lame. Uh, I found out you, you can learn Scottish Gaelic on Duolingo. <laughs> So I've been learning Scottish Gaelic on Duolingo, and I'm not going to say anything because I know my accent is absolutely atrocious because it's actually really hard to say these fucking words. But um, yeah, I've I've been doing Scottish Gaelic on Duolingo and doing so much better than I ever did when I was trying to learn Spanish. There you go. Yeah, Um, it's been really fun. If you ever get around to, if you ever get Acorn on Amazon Prime, I don't know if you do. Um, it's, It's actually now included in Amazon Prime. Okay, great. Cool. So yeah. with Acorn, uh, you should check out a show. And it's like a weird show. It's called, No, that's a lie. I can get it through my library, but keep going. Uh, it's called Hamish Macbeth. And my mom and I watched it together. It's got a very, very young Robert Carlyle. I think this was his like first big role. Oh, wow. But the, the school teacher in that show, so that takes place in the Highlands also. Lockdu. Um, <laughs> it takes place in Lockdu. But the 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 school teacher teaches in Gaelic. Oh, yeah. So like you get every once in a while if they're like following a storyline with Esme, um, she is teaching her kids in Gaelic. Excellent. It's a fun little show. It's kind of dumb, but really fun. One of the cool things about Outlander is that like the Scottish the Scottish act like uh, people in the show will speak Gaelic to each other and they won't translate it for you. Mm-hmm. So there have been entire scenes between like Jamie and his, you know, godfather, um, Murda, where they will speak to each other in Gaelic and they will have like a fucking argument in Gaelic and you don't know what's going on because the show, like the books are all written in first person. Right. Which, very surprising that I ever read these, right? Mm-hmm. Right? So when um, they really wanted to make it like, she doesn't understand what's going on because she doesn't speak Gaelic. So we're going to like really for like, we don't want to translate this because then, you know, everybody would know and like, it wouldn't be from her first person perspective anymore. Yeah. So even though she's not in every scene, like that's a deliberate choice they made. That's cool. Yeah. I thought so too. Um, I have been following a lot of Overwatch recently. You could probably tell from my Twitter um, but I've been really having a lot of fun. And then this weekend was actually, is actually one of the biggest days of matches this week, uh, or this year, because, because of Corona, um, as one can probably guess in professional video games, it's an extremely global sport. And there are a lot of, uh, Chinese and Korean, um, players, uh, you know, a lot fewer European players and then a good chunk of North American players, right? But because of Overwatch's popularity in Korea, there's a shit ton of Korean players. And most of the teams that had full Korean rosters, because a lot of teams won't do mixed language rosters, just to make things easier, right? Like, uh, 
shot calling and all of that kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm. it's it's a very, very, very fast game. They all went back to Korea. And so for a while, none of those teams were playing because they had to be in quarantine and get their stuff set up. And then, but we had the uh, Chinese teams playing in China and people from L.A., broadcasting them because the blizzard and the whole headquarters is in LA. And originally this season, everybody was supposed to go do homestands. So it'd basically be, you know, they'd be two or three teams playing match, you know, actually closer to like six teams playing matches in a single weekend in like Philadelphia or Washington DC or whatever. And everybody would be traveling all over the place. Well, now obviously no one's traveling. So the Chinese teams are very clearly being broadcast at like a normal time in China, (laughs) but it means that they're being broadcast at like 2 a.m. in LA. Oh my gosh. And it has been, honestly, one of my favorite things is like, so I've been waking up, writing a little bit, and then like at like 8 a.m. or whatever, I'll put on the broadcast from last night as like my like, get my coffee, get my breakfast, and watch a sport at 8 a.m. And it's, so fun because one of my favorite things about Overwatch League is like I think the commentators are really really good and really really strong and they do a very good job of like trying to keep things interesting for fans of the actual game and then also trying to explain things for people who don't necessarily either play the or play the game like very super casually or don't know anything about it um and bring that in and but there's just something extra special about the commentary <laughs> of people doing this at 2 a.m. <laughs> I bet. I it's bet. It's so good. I love it a lot. And then, but the real thing that was very fun today is like, it was kind of a clash of the Titans match this morning because Shanghai, which has been dominating the other three Chinese team, finally got to play against another Asia Pacific team the Seoul Dragon, or sorry, sorry, Seoul Dynasty. And Seoul had also gotten a couple matches in a couple weeks ago and looked so strong. And so it was kind of like, oh my God, these are the one, two seeds kind of situations coming together. But it was the first time they've played each other all year and the league started in February. So it was a very shocking match in that Shanghai cleaned house. And we thought it was going to be like one of the longest matches we'd ever see. But yeah, so that's very, very fun. Strong recommend. You can find all of those on YouTube. Um, and you can kind of pick and choose what you want as far as matches. And it's just a really good time. And it's fun for like, it's a fun sportsy feeling. And because I care a whole lot less about it than like the Dallas Stars, I'm having so much more fun watching it too, right? Like I'm not as emotionally wrapped up in it. Sure. Which is always fun. So I do can you, appreciate the Do you the have more. a favorite team? Yeah, I do. Yeah, no, I um I really like Houston. Um, I picked them because they're sponsored by AGB. Ah! <laughs> Therefore, AGB sponsors an Overwatch League. Yes, I just choked on a potato. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. Oh my God. So I apparently had... didn't swallow a potato whole. I really need you to know this. <laughs> I'm Please so glad die. I cured them. So small. Please don't die during our podcast, because um, we got to do happy things later, and that would be sad. 
that would be a very sad thing if I died in the middle of recording. Um, yeah. Oh, man. No, when I first started watching last year, um, obviously, I like I like cheering for things, so I always tend to try to pick a favorite thing. And uh, our mutual friend Kate got me into it. And um, so she was trying to explain a little bit about the various teams, and I was like, okay, sure, whatever. So the three, the four that I had initially considered supporting were um, uh, the Paris Eternal, because j'adore les Français. Yep. And also, holy shit, like, I don't know what it is about the French Overwatch players, but they are attractive. Um, by the way, the second season of um, Outlander takes, like, place half in France in the 1740s, and fuck, the outfits were so glorious. <laughs> I need to send you some pictures just of the costuming in the second season. It's so fucking good. Excellent. Um, so that, that was Paris. I was, you know, they were all... Uh, Houston, um, who I really liked because they have a fantastic logo. Um, there is a team in Dallas, but they went Mavericks blue, and I was like, mm, I'm not into that. Um, everybody does blue. Um, and then I was also considering supporting uh, the Chungjoo oh, Hunters. They do have a good logo. They have a real fucking good logo, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, That's then, really good. And then I was considering supporting the Chengdu Hunters, which is another Chinese team, because they were known to be the only team in the league who just said, okay, um, so you know how, like, it, it's actually very similar to hockey in that there's, like, a dominant play style. And obviously their dominant play style is based on, like, which characters have been buffed or nerfed that week. You know, mm -hmm. in the patches, because the patches come out every couple of weeks. Oh, I, 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 I play some games like this. I'm aware of patching and burden nerfing. And yes, so exactly. But but that that changes the professional play. So sure. Obviously, teams with coaches pick up on that, and then they play what is supposed to be the dominant play style. Chengdu said, "No, we play how we feel like." <laughs> so they were known as like the most chaotic team, which we all know I am Team Chaos. I that sounds like way more fun, anyway. Yeah, and then the other team I was considering supported were the Hangzhou Spark, another Chinese team, specifically because their their uniforms are pink, like full on bubblegum pink. And their official hashtag was hashtag bang. That's hashtag bang? Yeah, it was 2018 anyway. It was, or last season, I should say, 2018. That's hilarious. Um, I also really like that their logo is a finger gun. Exactly! <laughs> but then HEB threw their hat in with the Houston Outlaws, and I had to support the Houston Outlaws. I... I I mean, if I were going to have a team, it would absolutely be the Houston Outlaws if HEB is sponsoring them. Like, come the fuck on. I keep trying. I keep trying to get people to pick up on the a hash, the official hashtag, that green sauce, but they don't. <sighs> that Their logo is green. That makes sense. I know. It's an HEB joke. It's a green joke. Their logo is green. It's the exact same color green as the actual green sauce it that HEB makes. <sighs> I'm a marketing genius, and no one appreciates me. I mean, these pasty white boys are so, like... They're also yeah. a very, very funny team. I'll send you a video, like, their roster reveal video. So, one of the commentators now actually used to play for them. 
He's a boy named Jake. And he's a young, you know, cute little thing. And, but he was like the face of the team. And so like all the teen girls are in love with him. And so like the Houston like got this reputation for being the hot team. And so their roster reveal video this year is the Houston Hot Laws, and it is the funniest fucking thing I have ever seen in my entire fucking life. Yeah, sure. Go ahead and send it. I'll watch it. I will. You will. It's so good. It's so good. Anyway, that's what I've been doing this week in quarantine. Excellent. Twinkle, twinkle, little stars. Stars. How I wonder what you. Charts. Charts. Okay. All right, hang on. I've I, we have done so many of these, and we have done everybody. Do you have uh your dice near you? I do. I would like you to roll a d8. <clears throat> oh, that's not a d8. Haha. Seven. Uh, <laughs> Roman Pollock. Excellent. He's a Taurus. I remember that. Excellent. I love that half my brain is filled up with the Dallas Stars astrological signs these days. <laughs> yes. So today's horoscopes are coming from Astrolada, a, uh, Astrolada dot com. Um, I chose this one on the fourth page of Google. That's where we're at from having to do Damn. this so often. Damn. And in large part, I chose it because literally every horoscope is written by, um, the author byline is Celebrity Astrologer Mariana. Excellent. No last name, just Celebrity Astrologer Mariana. Fucking excellent. All right, Taurus, April 20th through 26th. The sun is already transiting through your zodiac sign, so it will give you a chance to influence trends and guide them beyond usual. Make the most of it because you are entering a key period during which you will build an energy program for the coming year and the development prospects set now could affect you much longer and in the years to come. That, that is much longer. So far, you are in kind of a quote-unquote test period related, related to how open you are to change so you can meet high demands, high competition, deal with it, and even win. In fact, despite the objective difficulties of external circumstances slash world crisis. Bless. <laughs> you have a chance to positively influence your income, win more prestigious <laughs> win more prestigious positions, turn challenges into benefits, and turn out to be victorious. The people born bo- God. Today is not my day. No. Uh, the people born during the first <clears throat> decanate will have to be most mobilized, adapt to some type of change, but by tackling this task and using a different approach to get a different and better outcome, they will shape further development prospects, see where chances lie, and what old things you should part with. All right. Sure. Excellent. So go ahead and roll that D8 again. Okay. Eight. Uh, Rupe Hints. What is he? Oh, I don't know. What's you his have birth- them memorized. I feel like he's a Scorpio, but I don't know. Uh, he was born November 17th. 
Isn't that a Scorpio? I'm checking for you. Mm, it is a Scorpio. Ha <laughs> I do have it memorized. <laughs> Scorpio. I shouldn't second guess yourself, I guess. Life lessons with Deep in the Heart of Hockey. Yes. An increasingly important topic for you is personal or business partnerships. Well, those are the two kinds. The reasons can be many and varied. For example, your relationships go to another level refreshed and require you to keep up with what is happening so you can point them in a more positive direction, eventually clearing up any misunderstandings that have, have, have escalated lately. But now they are more prominent than usual. That was one whole sentence. That's too much of a sentence. In some cases, the trend will require larger and more basic transformations, and in other cases, it will mean the need for mutual assistance on home, family priorities, other topics that outline further development prospects and show resilient your feelings and attachment are... I think there's a missing word. Show how resilient your feelings and attachment are to the extent that they need to be renewed in order to become even healthier. In another case, there may be some insurmountable differences that will lead that will end some contracts that are past their time. Topics that relate to the harmony between you and your loved ones, your family members, how much mutual help are also highlighted, as well as whether you would like to help each other in trying moments or this would be an occasion for alienation. You should watch out, direct the events. These priorities can prove to be long-lasting, ellipses, if these are not matters that are important to you, then you may have ideas for higher social activity, attracting on your side creative and resourceful people who will act as a bridge to your successes. Ellipses. There will be people who can transform... Ellipses. <laughs> it's not a sentence stop. It's not a sentence stop. It's I a know, sentence just pause. Ellipses. <laughs> There will be people who can transform your life and your future plans. This can be a positive or t a testing circumstance, and you need to be careful about who you allow to yourself. During the second part of the week, explanatory what conversations and mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay, the... sorry. Keep going. During the second part of the week, explanatory. God damn it! Now I'm fucked. <laughs> Explanatory conversations in your workplace will escalate, which will determine a lot of things. Comma, you should target the events carefully and avoid any conflicts. That is, no, no fucking, and the punctuation in these is, is rough going, Marin. Yeah, I, I'm feeling that. Okay, one more D8. All right, all right. Three. Uh, Joe Pavelski. Uh, what is he? Is he a... I'm looking it up. July 11th. I was gonna say, I almost said, is he a cancer? He's a oh, cancer. I'm good at But this. not the locker room kind. The opposite of the locker room kind. I will say, this is, a, this is technically a horoscope for this past week. And as a cancer, this first sentence is resonating. <laughs> this week, your social activity will grow at times. At times. You will probably need to prove yourself more in the team because of your increased ambitions, because your plans for future development become more daring. Sudden opportunities arise before you, etc. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
Amazing. <laughs> Whatever it is, it is actually advisable to be more proactive so that you create and strengthen useful connections that will bridge your success or at least not allow you to be displaced in a more unpleasant form removed from some kind of tea. <laughs> should be read with slightly different accenting i feel like maybe you should try to read it while drunk <laughs> in any it might make more sense it might make more sense in any case during this period you will have the feeling that others behave more unpredictably surprise you with your behavior again that was a comma <laughs> in the ellipses <laughs> In the best case scenario, you will understand to whom and to what extent you can count, comma, also adapt to new expectations, comma, an environment of existence, and this equates to some kind of quote-unquote progress, hyphen, in a broader sense, oh my god. This is a disaster. In a less supportive case, there may be people who refuse to support you AI. <laughs> There's no way they were written by an actual person. No. <laughs> no. Uh, but when one door is closed, another door is always open. So you will be able to find alternatives to impact and to profit. They may stand in your way as a result of secret or unexpected support, including by people who are away from you, or these are your protectors to help you through difficult times, comma, bound by feelings and even interests. Act creatively, break the status quo with something new and different, comma, with higher social activity, comma, and you will have sudden and extra opportunities. Ellipses. And that's where it ends. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, we need to move on. We need to move on because you have no we time. Need... No. Yeah. Oh <sighs> shit. Yeah, we need to move on. Oh my god. Play All some right. happy things. I mean, I, if your happy thing is not what just happened, I don't even know. <laughs> Um, that was amazing. Um, this week has Sunday been so Monday. kind of fucking normal. Oh, oh are you wait, yeah. The theme song. Sorry. Sunday, Monday, happy things. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy things. Thursday, Friday, happy things. Happy things. Happy things. Coming all week to you. <laughs> I love that. Thanks. Okay, so um. All, all of my days have been so fucking the same. It's kind of hard to pick out one thing that's like, oh, this was the happiest thing that happened this week. Um, but I did... Um, I don't even know. A friend of mine is currently writing fan fiction for me of from the Mass Effect fandom of my favorite romance that you can play in that game. And she just, just, she was bored and decided to write me fanfic. And so, yeah, it's been great. And she sent me the first two chapters of it the other day. Hell yeah. makes me happy. Yeah. Makes me very happy. Uh, I have been writing, which hasn't happened for months. Um, so literally, literally, 
this happened because of our discussion of romance novels. Mm-hmm. And I got the next Julia Quinn romance novel that we had literally talked about yes. on the podcast, read it, and then started writing my own Regency romance. And I Excellent. am 14,000 words into a, re- a novel at this point, which I have been only writing since last Friday. So nine days. So I've been doing over a thousand words a day on this novel. And I have, I feel good. I feel good. I'm still going, right? Like I usually, I can start these projects and not, and like peter out by like 5,000 words. And I'm like, well, I guess we're just not going to write a book anymore. And I'm feeling good about it. Cool. And I'm, What's it about? Um, it's a Regency romance novel in the style of Cat Sebastian. Um, it's about a gambler who, uh, yeah, has a lot of interpersonal drama with his family and friends and like his best friend is finally started like having to get married and he's like having to reflect on his life. And... So where, what's the, where's the romance? Who's the romance with? Uh, so it's a man named Jack and another man from America named Nate, but they oh. haven't, they're not at all in sort of a, they're in a weird space where Nate is not realizing that he's sexually attracted to romantically attracted to men at all okay excellent excellent do you have an idea of how they have a happily ever after in recency times yet uh yes because well so first and foremost none of neither of them have to inherit shit so excellent started started good (laughs) starting out strong (laughs) exactly have you read any more of uh julia quinn though or did you just stop after the first one uh well i finished that only like a week ago um, and then I was supposed to get the uh, Lisa Claypas that you recommended to me. Yes. Because my hold came in, but then Overdrive glitched. So then my no. hold didn't go in because I couldn't download it. But I should have it this week. So I will be reading that. Good. God, I love those books. All right. Moving on to reader yes. questions. Yes. Oh, shit. Yes. Uh, Driving Girl asks, number one. Have you had the chance to watch any of the classic game repeats on Fox Sports Southwest? If so, what have you enjoyed so far? Listen, I have not watched a single one because I don't know if I told you that I've been watching so much Outlander. <laughs> like, um, so I don't have Fox Outlander. Sports Southwest. So, no. Yeah, Colorado doesn't have that. Uh, but no, I haven't watched any of the classic game repeats. Uh, it. I enjoy that the social media has been live tweeting them. Like, yes, that's I enjoy really that too. That's been fun. But I personally would much rather, I don't really like watching entire games in repeat. Mm-mm. I would I would just like to watch highlights or something like that. But Or like, you know, important goals or whatever. But watching an entire game in repeat, there's so much boring shit that happens in a hockey game. And if you I already know the outcome, then yeah, all of that shit is way more boring. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, that's not, that's not really my jam. Mm-hmm. Um... But, uh, I probably would, uh, I think that they've been replaying the 99, uh, playoffs and yes. I would watch, I would watch the last game of that, yeah. but I'm not, nah, no, sorry, no. <laughs> I, I think it's a really fun way for the team to stay engaged. Relevant and yeah, engaged. relevant and engaged. Yeah. That's, I think sure. I have enjoyed that a lot. I thought that was a smart move. It is. It's a very smart move. Question two. 
Have y'all finished Shit's Creek? Oh my god, yes. Okay, so I finished Shit's Creek and I cried for days, but like happy tears. The so I you know, you start that show and the roses are the way the roses are in the beginning, in the first, <laughs> you know, five episodes. And you're just like, these people are terrible fucking people. And I will tell you that with only a few brief moments of grace, Moira Rose pretty much is Moira Rose the whole way through. And honestly, her dedication to being Moira Rose is real strong. Uh, but like, the and you know, that's, that's reductive. Like, she actually does have some growth. It's just... Not as pronounced as everybody else's. Mm-hmm. And, like, the where they are at the end, I just, it's such a beautiful, like, family life and, like, kind of, like, a picture of the way that they've all changed and the things they've all done. And Alexis's whole storyline with Ted just, like, makes me so happy that that's the way that they did it. And David and Patrick obviously make me so happy. So, so happy. So, yeah, I finished Shit's Creek, and I fucking loved it, and I'm so happy. I tried to download the Pop TV app because I have cable, um, and apparently I don't have Pop TV on my cable because I couldn't watch it there, so I actually had to pay money to watch the last season, but I did it happily because I wanted to finish it. Man, it was great. And then I immediately started watching Outlander. Full <laughs> circle. Can you even imagine the, like, absolute, like, whiplash I gave my poor brain going from this very lighthearted 24-minute episode, like, 24-minute episode, episodic thing, to, like, these hour-long, dramatic, like, everything is awful and also gorgeous kind of TV show is what I did to my brain. Anyway, it's it's been a fucking... It's just been weird, y'all. I have not finished it yet, but that's because I have been taking my Saturday mornings instead of watching Shit's Creek, watching Chinese Chaos Watch. Um, but I suspect I will end up finishing it slowly but surely because it is such like a very happy place for me that yeah. I don't want to taint it, <laughs> you know? It's it's so much fun. And I mean, I have the opportunity to watch TV like... Because of the nature of my job and some of the aspects of my job, I can very easily watch TV while I work on some things. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not true of everybody's job. So I get a lot of watching done while I'm working. And I know that's not something that everybody can do, which is one of the reasons I'm so happy that my job is what my job is. (laughs) There's a lot of checklists involved is all I'm saying. And it's (laughs) you don't need your brain to check off a checklist. Best thing about a list. Yep. All right, so the best Shani in all the land asks, why does everything suck? I wanted to put this in here because I know even though Shani didn't necessarily ask this seriously, I think I think it's important to mention, like, to talk about. And I think this week has been really hard for me, too. Like, like I, first and foremost, I had everybody in the fucking world want to have a Zoom call this week, which I is too much. It's too much. Um, but what we're seeing right now is that a lot of the things that we all knew to be true and to be problematic are being exacerbated (laughs) by this extra stressor of a global pandemic. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, you as a person are not used to having that extra stressor 
as well as dealing with all of the other things that already sucked. And I think it's just important, like the whole reason that you and I started our Happy Things bit was because of the election in 2016. Yep. And every two weeks we would sit here and remind ourselves that at least something, one good thing has happened to us (laughs) in the last two weeks. And I wanted to put this question in there because I think it's a really good practice for everybody because sometimes that one good thing is just enough to keep you going. Yeah. And I mean, there have definitely been weeks where my one good thing is I saw my brother that week or like Mm -hmm. I, you know, what did I just say this week? Somebody's writing me a story, you know, like. (laughs) I couldn't even remember what I said this week. Like, sometimes it's, like, really simple shit. Like, sometimes you actually have to dig into your mind to be like, what was the time I smiled this week? But, like, for most of us, we have at least once this week. And sometimes that's enough. Mm-hmm. And it, But it, it is a practice. Like, it is a good thing to literally go look for yeah, when I things think one suck. Of the, one of the things that they suggest you do in bullet journaling is write down three things you're grateful for every day. Mm-hmm. Um, which I also think is a good practice to practice gratitude for things. And um, I mean, everything does suck right now. There's a lot of shitty things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, personally, I'm grateful that even though I would love to be a woman of leisure, like so many of my friends on furlough, I can't afford that. So I'm very grateful that I actually do have a job that is paying me to continue working from home, even though Same. sometimes that sucks. So um, you know, practicing gratitude, pa- practicing moments where you that you pick out where you are, that you identify like this is something I'm happy about. You know, I'm going to carry this happiness with me mm-hmm. as a bastion against all of the sadness. <laughs> you know, like yep, and be kind to yourself too. Be be patient and kind with yourself. Oh my god, I. Again, I said I'm grateful for my job, and I am grateful for my job, but they've done so many things during this pandemic that have also pissed me the fuck off. Um, we have a weekly check-in every Friday. We used, like Normally, we only have a, a full staff meeting once a month, but we've been having one every single Friday since the start of working from home. And every single Friday, our CMO gets on the call and is like, you know, my mama said never let a pandemic go to waste or something like that. And it's basically talking about like how everybody needs to be more productive. And if you're not coming out of this stay at home with like having lost 10 pounds and new skills and all this kind of stuff and, you know, better me, bettering your person and all this kind of stuff. And I have so many times wanted to just interrupt her right in the middle of this meeting and just be like, listen, <laughs> we're, we're in a moment of unprecedented isolation and sadness and panic and anxiety. So like, if you're just surviving the day you fucking want, right? Like, you need to stop putting so much pressure on yourself to be like to do all of the things that you would normally do in a normal day when you're not quarantined away from everybody that you know and love. So like be patient and kind to yourself. Like if you are just making it through your day with drinking enough water and eating enough food to survive to the next day, you're doing great. You're doing so good guys. I'm not even saying you need to be perfectly hydrated. I just want you to get enough water to keep going. I, yes. Yes. 
Take it from your aunties, Carolyn and Marin. You guys are doing so good. You guys are doing fucking phenomenal. And if you need a reminder, just ask. Happy to be that person for you. Absolutely. All right. All right. It's your turn. Go. Oh. Andrew, too cool for Cali, LA asks. He asked super early so that he could get his questions in, and I very much appreciated that. Yes. Number one, did you see Dan Goes Brown's post about what if contracts expired during the playoffs for the gratuitous Perry reference? I did not, but I went and looked it up after I saw this answer or this question. Uh, and so it's from an article in The Athletic, so not everybody would have. Um, but I can read you the bit about the Dallas Stars if you would like. Sure, I did not look it up. Okay, so Dallas Stars. All their key guys are locked in, and they have a ton of cap room to clean up any loose ends. Rupe Hints would need a new deal, and Miro Heiskanen would want to talk extension, but that's about it. Veteran Corey Perry would see his contract expire, but it's the middle of the playoffs, so he'd probably be suspended anyway. No rush there. (laughs) True. It's so true. So yeah, this whole thing was like, uh, what if what if contracts expired in the mid, in the middle of the playoffs? Because everybody's only through July or to July first, basically. Right, yeah. right. Interesting, so, fun stuff. Yeah, I mean the whole contention is they wouldn't they wouldn't have that happen. Right. But, you know what if? Number two, should Stars acquire Koivu, Kovalchuk, and Anderson to finish having all the remaining players of the class of 01 play for them? This is a really cute question, but fuck no. I, the only one I would could make a case for would be Koivu. Yes, yes. But, yes, and but I will, no. I want to throw this one out here as well. It took me a goddamn minute to figure out which Anderson you Because I was like, <laughs> why would the Leafs trade Frederick Anderson? <laughs> there are so many Andersons in this world. So many Andersons in this world. Uh, no, um, let's not. Let's not have the class of 01, any more of the class of 01 play for us. Uh, because it is time to say goodbye <laughs> to players who have been in the league for that fucking long. So we should just start playing that vitamin C song at the end of every Stars game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Andrew asked us last time around and then we missed because we had 20 minutes to solicit questions. <laughs> but I really wish that I'd actually researched this. Well, so, okay. So I put this question in here and because I had seen the question before and the question is, if you could take Stars players back to a historical era, who would you take and when? And that was the initial text of the question. And so when he retweeted it at us, he added his clarifying statement of, like, imagine Jamie Benn against John uh, Jean Bolubo, uh, or Roman Polak's tactical sense and conditioning in the 1980s. However, I would love to see Roman Polak against Wayne Gretzky. That is very good. I I was thinking about him on like the Soviet era teams, but yes, that is very good. Um, Sorry, keep going. However, however, and I think you will very, very much appreciate that, given everything else you have talked about on this podcast, 
when he said that to me, I thought, again, maybe this is just where my head is at right now. What if they lived in a different historical era? <laughs> I would like to take Jamie Benn all the way back to the Regency times. Right? Like, <laughs> And I would love to write him into a romance novel with some beautiful ingenue. Oh my god. Or like Tyler Sagan in the 1950s. Yeah. With like greaser hair and like he already a has fast hair. fucking car. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I would like to take uh, either one of our goalies back to a time when they were like doing standing goaltending and like introduce them all to the butterfly before it's time. I would just really like to take Ben they Bishop would clean to up. like medieval England when people yes. weren't his size. Like, that's all I want. Could it's you just, imagine? Just, he would be, like, mentioned in every history textbook as, like, the giant of whatever town you took him to. Jamie Alexiak with the Puritans. Oh, my God! <laughs> Do you remember when he had that neck beard and he looked like a Puritan? Yes! Yes. He would fit right in. He would fit right in, because I could picture him with that hat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Who do you think would actually have the best chance of surviving a different historical era? Like, pre-1900. No, no indoor plumbing. Fucking none of them. <laughs> Listen, these are all a bunch of pampered boys. No, you know who probably could? Oh, fuck. What's his Roman last name? Roman Pollock. Roman Pollock could survive anything. Roman, Ro, okay, but like Roman Pollock already in the the old west, right? Like we're yeah. already there. Okay, like it might it might not be like Tombstone. It might be up in Canada, old west. But like I'm 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 now inserting him in my brain into When Calls the Heart. So Wilds of Saskatchewan, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Ex- not even like obviously, but like obviously, right? <laughs> Come on. He's there to romance, like, some tertiary character that we don't quite care about enough, but, like, is always in the background of something that Elizabeth and Jack are doing. Well, I guess we have the plot of my last next romance novel, right? Yes, we absolutely we do. (laughs) And that's all we have for you today. Did you ever actually answer his actual question, though? No, I have no intention of it. Just checking. Andrew, thank you so much for participating and trying to bring us back into hockey. You, you know, you have been doing so good. So good. <laughs> so good. So good. As always, you can find us on social media. I'm on Twitter at Classlicity. I am on Twitter at Marinish. And you can find our official Twitter at Depart Hockey. And you have, if you have a longer question, comment, or an actual answer to <laughs> Andrew's question, you can email us at DeepHeartHockey at gmail.com. You can also find our official blog at deeparthockey.wordpress.com. Bye! Remember, we love you! You're doing great. You are. Drink some water. Bye! Bye!